1: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight
2: loss. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance.
1: mentally yours from Ellen and Yvette. i focus on your mental health you surely won't regret. It's mentally, 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 mentally,
2: mentally yours. mentally yours. Mentally yours. Mentally yours. I'm Yvette and today I'm chatting to comedian and writer Juliet Burton. We're going to be discussing stand-up and being sectioned, and all things to do with New Year. Juliet, welcome to Mentally Yours. Thanks very much for coming on. Thank you so Um, much for having me. So can you tell us a bit first of all about how your year has been and also in terms of, you know, i guess personal stuff but also um the comedy side of things
1: yeah absolutely i mean it's obviously been a really strange year a bizarre one for all of us um ah oh, gosh how to sum it up um we're coming to the end of it um and i'm quite apprehensive that uh i, I think the, the idea that the end of the calendar year might be, mean the end of all of this is is an uncertainty and um it would be lovely to think it were as it's we're going to adhere to um the end of a calendar year um, but who knows what's going to happen. Yeah, I guess I was in the middle of my second UK national tour uh, that was funded by the Arts Council um, when lockdown one hit uh, us nationally. And I'd done three shows of this. Um, it was my uh, my fifth solo show and I've, I've toured in Australia and I've toured in New Zealand and I've toured around the UK before. Um, but I mean, everyone everyone who I know in the comedy world, they think that their latest show is like their best show um, because you constantly try to strive to make it to be better and better and better. And that's part of why I love comedy because you're constantly uh, learning and growing. And uh, after every gig, you kind of sit down and reassess, right, what went well, what, what can I improve on, uh, which was, which bits were funny, which bits do I need to work up and come up with new stuff for um, and working on stage with that audience and making it really come alive and engage with them in the moment with that kind of vivacious, um, community conversation that comedy really is um and I I really felt like this was my my favorite show that I'd ever done it was certainly the funniest um that I feel like I've ever done and um we'd done three shows of it on tour and then suddenly lockdown happened and another gosh I can't remember how many shows we had to cancel um but I also do a comedy for like corporate events as well and all of those suddenly were cancelled um and for about the first month I uh, I think I had that attitude of right going straight back to all of my therapy sessions from I've been in therapy for over 20 years now go straight back to all of the the inpatient treatment of like meal plans eat well sleep well uh, have a good routine um, stay motivated have projects stay stay creative Um and the first month I think I managed fairly well but then as the uncertainty continued and as the knock on effects of all of these different rearranged plans, like the tour was originally rearranged for autumn, 2020. um, And then gradually some of those became virtual shows. And then um, the rest of them have just had to be canceled. And a lot of those venues are now facing the prospect of, well, are they even going to survive? Um, and then seeing all of my wonderful comedy pals and and theater pals and all the venues that have meant so much to me over the years you know working in comedy we we have to invest not only our time but our money and in getting better at it and getting good enough to make it an actual viable career um at the same time as i've been sort of seeing all my friends choose marriage and babies and me constantly going no my career's my thing my career's my thing and this year's been really hard um I've missed that community um and that kind of the that connection that you get with people when you're all in a room full of strangers and you're all laughing at the same thing it it's this amazing feeling that is unlike any other um and I I don't feel alone when I'm laughing in a room full of people whether that's me on stage or whether they're I'm in the audience watching other people none of us have had that this year so I think there's some hope um for moving forward but it's um it's it's trying to I've been trying to get creative in ways to find hope and ways to support myself and others around me and in trying to look ahead with a bit more um a bit more hope I'm going to say hope rather than anything else because I think certainty is not something any of us are going to have for a while
2: have you sort of been able to rework anything sort of from the show and some comics do some online stuff or have you um decided to maybe postpone it or um, I,
1: I I'm afraid I I don't have it within me to postpone it. Um, my I I think for me comedy is a survival technique because for me my my mental illnesses are something that I I really struggle with on a day to day basis. So if if I'm able to find. A, a funny way of expressing whatever it is I'm going through, whether that's a mental health thing, or just a life thing, or a family thing, or a friend thing, you know, or a career thing. If I can find a funny way of making it into a a joke or or a um, something that I can use in, in my comedy routines, um, it's it's a way of me surviving that that dark that darkness in my mind and and being able to curate my thoughts in a positive comedic way is is a survival technique and um so this year i i did have a couple of moments where i was thinking what am i going to do I'm, I'm, a lot of my friends were um i'm not i wanted to say the phrase jumping ship but they're not that they are postponing as you say like they're they're not giving up on comedy but they're just in order to survive they're they're changing to a a, a completely different career for a while um I have managed to get some virtual gigs. I've had quite a few lovely virtual gigs. And in fact, quite a few of them have been um, because of the mental health angle, because um, we've had uh, lots of things like the World Mental Health Awareness Week and uh, Mental Health Awareness Day. Um, and uh, they've been great. I've also done lots of virtual gigs um, on like Twitch and uh, Next Up Comedy and um, lots of mixed bill nights. Um, and they've been different. They've, they've been, I've actually really enjoyed them, but I've wanted to get more inventive with like how to make it more of an active experience for the audience. Um, because comedy is an active experience for the audience. It's, it's, as I said earlier, it's a conversation. So every show that you do when you're on stage, it can go completely differently depending on the mood of the audience or, or the, the where you are, what the location is, what, what common experiences you've had. So the audience are working with you to create whatever experience you're all going to have together um and you have to adjust in the moment on stage to how the audience is responding and 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 it's very much a kind of every every show is a fingerprint so it's really unique um and then on on zoom or on any of the other uh online gigs that i've done um that it's much more of a passive medium because i think i've done lots of i've watched lots of um events online and it's much more like you forget that you're a part of a live experience. It's much more like watching TV or the cinema, where you sort of sit back and forget that there's somebody else in this conversation with you Um, so i've wanted to work really hard to find new inventive ways to not only use the chat functions but also kind of play play games and get playful with uh with the people that are on the call the audience members and doing like screen sharing because a lot of my shows use multimedia and hidden camera footage and um sketches and fun things that kind of pop up usually on screen that i i play around with on stage um, on this big projector screen, um, but on the uh, video um, shows I've been doing online, um, we've been able to do screen sharing, so it's it's given them a bit more, uh, a bit a bit of different kind of multimedia experiences. And then I, when those videos are playing, I'm usually in the chat, chatting away with with the audience and letting them know some behind the scenes secrets. So um, I have been able to do some virtual gigs. I have also had to. Uh, find other ways of getting, uh, getting income um, to be able to pay my bills. Um, and uh, yeah, I've just been grateful for being able to continue to find the funny in these really difficult times.
2: Yeah. Um, are you alright with telling um, listeners a bit about your sort of mental health history and sort of things you've been through? Because it's really interesting the way that you've sort of worked it into your comedy.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I've, uh, I've been um, in hospital about five different times for different mental illnesses. Um, I was uh, sectioned under the Mental Health Act when I was 17, um, so detained or committed. And I spent my 18th birthday um, sectioned under the Mental Health Act in hospital. Um, I talk about all of these experiences in my comedy routines as well, um, always finding the funny um, and hoping to make it more accessible and hopefully show people that Um, somebody who might be deemed clinically insane like I was um, is still a human and is still wonderful and uh, well some people think I'm wonderful Um, and yeah that it makes it more accessible kind of takes away takes away the fear and the stigma. Um, I've been diagnosed with um, 13 different mental health conditions in my lifetime Um, some of them I still live with on a day to day basis. And, um, some of them I have dealt with and they were sort of a small, a long, a shorter term condition. Um, some of them I expect will be things that I deal with for the rest of my life. And, um, I think that mental health is a lot like physical health and that some of us have short term physical health conditions and some of us have long term physical health conditions that we learn to manage. And, um, for me, my mental health conditions are a bit like that. So, yeah, I've uh, I've been a size four due to anorexia and a size 20 due to uh, binge eating disorder. And uh, I went from one to the other in um, about six months. Um, and I have had, uh, I've been suicidal uh, and attempted to take my own life um, a few times uh, in the past. And um, I've also, uh, so the, the conditions I've been diagnosed with um, include anorexia, anxiety disorder, bipolar disorder, body dysmorphic disorder, bulimia, compulsive overeating disorder, depression, obsessive compulsive disorder, which is why this list is organized alphabetically. Um, and then I've also uh, been diagnosed with, um, I've had experiences of agoraphobia, but that was many, many years ago. Um, also experienced um, paranoia, again, quite a few years ago. Um, I still struggle with separation anxiety disorder as well. Um, and uh, I've recently been diagnosed with a complex post-traumatic stress disorder, uh, which is has been something that I've really really struggled with this year because everything's slowed down and there's been fewer healthier distractions so um I've found my mind revisiting those uh, trauma memories quite vividly and it's been uh, difficult because a lot of those memories are um, are about feeling trapped and not being able to escape um, the situations that were going on in my childhood so the kind of the mirroring of that now happening in all of our lives the fact that we're all a little bit more um trapped physically um is is something that's uh, i think bringing about a lot of people's uh complex post-traumatic stress disorder um experiences because of, they're rearing their ugly heads um and i've also had experiences of psychotic hallucinations so when i was sectioned under the mental health act the stress of that uh, meant that my my mind uh tried to find a way to cope with the stress and, um, I started hallucinating, um, audibly and visually. And that lasted about, um, between three weeks and two months. Um, so three weeks full blown, uh, didn't know where I was. And then the next few weeks was sort of on and off a little bit as the medication helped me get myself back, uh, back into the world that everyone else was perceiving. Um, and yeah, I think that, uh, this year has been, a massive challenge for all of us um but then there's always a bit of a silver lining and there is always some way of trying to find something to be grateful for and one of the things that I'm grateful for this year is that although it's been incredibly challenging for my mental health um I am still in therapy and um the this kind of unexpected surge of all of these memories and these symptoms uh invited me they in fact they didn't invite me I was I felt almost like I had no other choice but to force, to look at them head on and deal with them a bit more in, in my therapy sessions. And I think I've made some really strong progress in a way that I probably wouldn't have made otherwise. Um, so it's unexpected uh, positives to come out of it all. Um, But I do miss my audiences because it's always a wonderful community to be able to share all of these experiences with and um,
2: retell those experiences in ways that are more accessible and less lonely. How do you turn some of those experiences into comedy? Is it sort of, I guess, trying to see the funny side of some of the things that have happened?
1: Yeah, I mean, firstly, I'd say that I always make sure that I deal with stuff in therapy first. So I don't tend to take anything to, um, to either... Uh, my comedy on stage or to my social media unless I've dealt with it in therapy so um, anything that I joke about I'm already fairly strong I have strong boundaries with and I've already processed it fairly healthfully I I hope Um, and then I also uh, make sure that I when I'm writing jokes uh, often they'll just start with things that maybe I've I've said to friends and they've laughed um, or uh, or when they've things that have naturally come out of conversations about these experiences or sometimes I'll just write um, and they at first it won't be a, a funny thing that I'm writing it'll just be this is this is what I'm experiencing right now and then I'll leave it and then I'll revisit that notepad I have a couple of special notepads that are dedicated to the comedy writing and um I'll come back to those notepads and reread it and then type it out on my computer and it's in that moment that I find the funny uh, so it's almost like a conversation that I have with my past self, and once I've slightly removed myself from that experience, I can start to see it in a new light and finding a new angle. So um, comedy is always about like breaking tension. So um, every every joke is uh, whether it's a one liner or whether it's a, a story is always uh, is always a type of story because it's a way of um, bringing the listener uh, along with you on this journey of a story, and then. The punchline is the twist so the unexpected happens and suddenly uh the natural response to that is laughing because it's a tension relief um so for me it's it's a way of relieving the tension of um that people often feel when we're talking about mental illness or the more extreme versions of mental illness quite few people still feel uh, quite nervous about talking uh, about or listening to um So to be able to relieve that tension with with some laughter is is a wonderful tool because it breaks down barriers and helps people feel less alone. Um, And I also make sure that all of my jokes that I say adhere to um, three rules, which are um, I need to make sure that every joke I say about my mental illnesses and my experiences comes from an informed perspective. So make sure that I'm I'm not talking about anyone else's experience. I'm only speaking about my own. Um, Also that I'm willing to be held accountable for uh my joke so if somebody said do you stand by that are you really happy for you to go on record having as having said that then i'd um i'd be happy to do that um and also that i always examine my intention because every joke has a um a butt of the joke no matter what that um the the punchline is so sometimes that butt is often myself i'm often self-deprecating um i'm often uh making fun of the stigma or the misconceptions that are around Uh, mental illness so quite often I've had people come up to me and say really ridiculous ignorant things like um, oh you can't be ill you don't look ill Uh, and quite often it's actually a gift because I'll write that down whatever the stigma uh, misconception is they say I'll write it down in my notepad and then I'll go away and it'll take me a few days, but I'll come up with some kind of funny, witty retort. And then I'll go into my next set. Um, so for example, if um, somebody, somebody said years ago, uh, you can't be ill, you don't look ill. Um, and my response now is, well, you don't look rude, but there we are. Uh, and that's now part of my set. Uh, and I have so many of those things, like um, uh, there's somebody who said, uh, oh, it's mental illness is just made up. It's all attention seeking. Uh, so uh, I want to make it clear that, mental illness is not attention seeking but performing comedy that definitely is um and yeah I've had people say that um it's really brave to talk so openly about mental illness which I think is a misconception I've had people say that um do I blame my parents which of course I don't um I think uh it's important to be empowered with your uh, recovery but yeah finding finding ways to um to process these uh, misconceptions Um, and quite often I'll I'll make the butt of the joke will be maybe my my illnesses themselves so um, my all of my illnesses although they've they've kind of actually helped me survive some extreme emotional and um, emotional and mental distress um, because they are survival techniques unhealthy survival techniques and they're also illnesses that I'm trying to um not be defined by um because I'm so much more than them
2: I am who I am because of them but also in spite of them that was really brilliant <laughs> and really interesting um oh, but thank you you're now, really brilliant and now we're, we're going to talk a bit about Christmas <laughs> yeah Christmas <laughs> seamless I love transition Christmas there. to be honest I didn't know how to because I was thinking well what can I pick out of that that's to do with Christmas and oh I've got nothing really. How, how about this how about <laughs> okay. this um Comedy for me is a way of
1: finding light in the darkness, uh, the darkness of my own mind. Comedy is a way of finding the light. There's lots of lights at dark times during Christmas because of twinkling
2: fairy Christmas lights, yes? Something <laughs> like that? Does that work? Yeah, no, definitely. We'll take them. Um, <laughs> we'll take that, yeah. So, how are you feeling about sort of Christmas this year? This year,
1: um, I love Christmas because uh, normally, I mean, I, one of my languages of love is, is gift giving. Um, and, uh, I love having parties and, and I'm, although I'm an introvert and actually I love getting people together and, um, and, you know, seeing all these little new friendships spring up between friends of yours that I haven't met yet. Um, and I love, I love socializing. I love, I love being the hostess. I've missed all of that dreadfully, um, and I am. I haven't seen my family um, this year uh, because they they all are in um, high risk categories, and uh, I won't be seeing them over Christmas um, because I'm living in London and they're uh, living in the countryside. Um, I'm feeling. I'm. Um, I. I was feeling very upset, very very unhappy. Um, the last couple of weeks, I was in a very thick depression um, about. It's all, and I say that as in not just sad, but as in it was. There were symptoms of clinical depression that I was experiencing, and it was sure. I I think fairly surely related to the fact that we're coming to the end of a year, and all always at this time of year, it's difficult to look back and sort of assess where your life's come, how far you've come, and looking ahead at the new year, trying to make plans and stay hopeful. But this year is harder than ever because, um, for me and for many, looking back at this past year, well. Wow, <laughs> what the hell? What ha- I, 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 our income's been affected, our plans have, have been lost. Um, there's so much grief going around, and I'd I mean not just loss of life, but loss of hopes and dreams and ambitions. And, um, and then looking ahead is very difficult, because again, it's hard to make plans. I've got a couple of gigs that may happen, um, but really we don't we, nobody, nobody knows what's going to happen next. And so I'm trying to focus on gratitude. And on the little certainties I have in my life. So right now, I am certain that I have a roof over my head tonight. And I'm extremely grateful for that. Um, I'm certain that I've made the decision that I'm going to spend Christmas uh, in London with uh, my um, my flatmates and uh, and two flatmates. And we're gonna. I was gonna cook for us all, um, and I was really looking forward to that. I'm definitely still cooking. um, Although one of my flatmates has literally today, about half an hour before you and I started talking, uh, messaged me saying that he's going to have to self isolate. Um, So he's now in his bedroom, uh, and he uh, won't be out for eleven days. Um, So he, (laughs) his plans have certainly changed, and we're trying to read up uh, very quickly on how that affects everyone else in the household because we haven't developed symptoms he has no symptoms either um Christmas is always also a difficult time for for anyone who has mental health difficulties because for me the the depression sort of comes sets in because of the looking back and the looking forward and the natural drive that we have as humans to compare ourselves to each other um and I'm trying to let go of comparison, um, because, uh, comparison is the thief of joy, um, as Roosevelt said. Um, but I, am, I am aware this year that letting go of comparison is not the only reason to struggle with that, looking back and looking forward. Um, I'm also aware that for me, I, I get quite impulsive around Christmas cause we're encouraged to overeat, overdrink, overspend. And, um, I, I really do find myself na- like very easily uh, allowing myself to overindulge in, in all of those those ways because I've been a compulsive overeater um, due to binge eating disorder. I've been anorexic and uh, I've been bulimic and um, for many many years. And trying to manage my food around that um, around this time when we're all encouraged to eat so much um, is difficult. Um, but sticking to things like the clear meal plans and a uh, good routine and, and making plans for each day and making sure that food isn't the isn't the main focus of of each day and isn't the main focus of christmas but um board games and distractions and going for long walks and um i'm looking forward to actually making my own rules this year um i love my family very dearly but um the one silver lining of uh, not being able to see them as sad as it is will be that um I think I have to let go of the idea of that perfect Christmas and I have to let go of the idea that this Christmas will be like any other. It will be completely different to any other, but maybe it might be liberating in some ways. And maybe there might be things that I discover that will become traditions in the future, in a happier future, when we can all look back on this time and I'll find a way to make a joke about it all by then. Um yeah I do I do struggle with food around this time but um but I, I also miss my my Christmas gigs because I've had so many amazing Christmas gigs in the past and there was one a couple of years ago which I did in a church where it was awesome it was like um it was uh, a charity gig uh, and there were loads of different comedians um all performing in this huge church um and some uh, artists and uh, poets and all kinds of people um and it was a huge congregation huge audience and um I I performed a set all about uh, my hallucinations and about uh, mental health stigma and about um, when I, one of the hallucinations I had when I was, uh, when I was visually hallucinating was that I thought I'd met God and um or, and I go into it, into the detail in the set about how uh, that doesn't necessarily mean I believe in God, um, because a lot of things I see, I don't necessarily believe in. Um, but I uh, I asked God, God what the meaning of life was, because if you thought you were meeting God, then you would, wouldn't you? And um, this hallucination said that the meaning of life was be kind, which I was really annoyed with because I wanted to have a really long, deep, complicated uh, conversation with this entity. But all I got was two words, which are really simple and really annoying um but that's kind of that's my philosophy of life and that's my religion is just be kind and really e- examining the, the complexities of that because it's not as simple as it is it first might appear anyway at the end of the of this uh, service um this this show sorry in this church um the uh this there were lots of people being really complimentary loads of people coming up and saying lovely things but there was this father who came up to me with his little girl and um she's really shy and uh and he said um oh she's re- she's too shy to talk to you but she just really wants you to know that she that she thinks you're her favorite out of everyone who performed. I was like, "Oh, that's wonderful." Um you know, was it because she thought I was really funny? Um was it because, you know, we were talking about how important it is to be kind? Was it because I swore in church? Um and uh, he said, "No, no, it was because you were wearing sequins." So I hadn't realised that that was all it took to have a great successful career in comedy was just wear a hell of a lot of sequence. <laughs> good tip as well. Um, yeah. just well we I, I would like to say that's,
2: that's <laughs> definitely not the only thing you need to do. But yeah, it's a good starting point. <laughs> Thank you so much, Juliet, for taking time out of your evening to chat. Really appreciate it, and can't wait to see your show in real life. Yeah. You know, after all this stuff, it sounds I amazing. Would love that. Thank you. I really, um, yeah. yeah. I usually go okay. to Edinburgh and I was planning to this year, but obviously that didn't happen. And
1: I did send an email today to my um, to my regular venue up there and said um, whatever happens next year, whether it's virtual or live or send half and half, um, I would love to be involved because I have a new show that I'm working on and I would absolutely love to bring it up there. So this is goodbye
2: from Mentally Old. If you've been affected by any of the things we've been chatting about today, give the Samaritans a ring. You can call them on 116 123 or you can find them online at samaritans.org. If you've liked today's episode, please give us a rate and review on iTunes and come join us on Facebook. We have a group called Mentally Yours and on Twitter, Mentally Yours, spelt YRS.
0: Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well...